Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. What a beautiful Monday. It's good to be in Wisconsin. Always good to be in Wisconsin. Sunshine out today. What a great start to the week. All right, as we look back on this Monday on how things went through the weekend, we'd like to investigate who had a good weekend. (laughs) So I'll go first. You know who had a really good weekend after having a bumpy several months? Jamie Foxx, the comedian singer. So Jamie Foxx, remember back, I don't know when it was, I think it was April, he was hospitalized in Atlanta for an undisclosed medical condition. And his family and his inner circle kept it really quiet, but said he was in the hospital. It was very serious. We still don't know what it was. But this weekend, he had a really good weekend because he was out playing pickleball with his daughter. He was out with his family, having a great time. His daughter saying, thank you for the prayers and support. Dad is doing great. And they even announced that the two of them, father and daughter, will begin hosting a brand new show, a trivia show, that'll be on network TV beginning in 2024. He's well enough to do that. He's well enough to begin working again. Jamie Foxx doing good. Jamie Foxx had a good weekend. Kind of mysterious. It was very mysterious. Oh, very mysterious. We still don't know. He's an excellent actor. You said comedian and, and a musician. Good I'm singer. like, man, he's, he's yeah. Rachel, we needed Ray Charles. That exactly. Was That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Who had a good weekend, Sandy? Graduates. Lots of graduations this past weekend. UW Madison, Marquette University Law School. Yep. You also had Divine Savior Holy Angels High School. Lots of milestones being celebrated and. Families proud of their kids and more graduations coming up at the end of this week. Marquette University's regular graduation. Also, the last graduation for Cardinal Stritch students will be coming up this weekend. So congratulations to everyone so far in their accomplishments. Yeah, flip that tassel. (laughs) He means that in a good way. Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, named the winner of the 2023 George Hallis Award. This is according to the Pro Football Writers of America. It's uh, given to the NFL player, coach, or staff member who overcomes the most adversity to succeed. And we all remember the scary scene of Monday Night Football. Hamlin of the Bills went down with a cardiac arrest. Uh, Wasn't sure if he was going to ever walk again, if he was going to live. It was just a frightening scene. He is back. He's been cleared for contact. So at some point, he'll be back on the field for the Bills. And he is the winner of this most prestigious award. Man, that's good stuff. Great stuff. He did have a good weekend. All right, Adam, who had a good weekend? Hey, uh, guys, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Christian Yelich, he might be back. He might very well be back. And uh, this weekend was a great example of that. I was at Saturday's game. Sandy, you were also, I found out, at Saturday's contest, uh, taking some of the Star Wars festivities. But two home runs and his big steal from first all the way to home on a couple of Royals throwing errors. Uh, I think it was, uh, was it Levering who said? Get him a couple. Yeah, so this cup's for you, Christian. You had a great weekend. Excellent. It's 413 at WTMJ. Debbie helps get you home up next. Then speaking of the Brewers, broadcaster Lane Grindle with us live right after the break. Now batting for the Brewers Radio Network, play-by-play announcer Lane Grindle. High fly ball, deep right field. Rowdy Telez has done it again. On Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, Lane, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Welcome to St. Louis, everybody. Yes. So, you know, I'm a number stats box score kind of guy. I like to read the box score. I'm a fantasy guy, so I keep track of all that. I have so enjoyed the last several weeks, every time I look at the standings in the St. Louis Cardinals, the best organization in all of baseball with the smartest fans are in last place. How nice is that? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, when it's the team in your division that you really figured was your biggest competition to win it uh, before the season, that makes it even better. But I'll tell you this, they're playing better right now. The lineup is good. Uh, it has started to perform. They've had some issues in that rotation. Uh, they're getting a little bit better performance out of that rotation now, but um, they're an interesting team. I, I have not written them off yet. It's just way too early to do that. And again, they've had a good week. They they just swept the Red Sox. They've won six out of seven coming in. So this is a great opportunity for the Brewers to try to blunt that momentum and stop them in their tracks and really and kind of flex their muscles at the top of this division here this week. All right, Lee, we had a little Mother's Day outing at uh, the ballpark yesterday. And uh, my daughter, Kendall, who you know, who was last seen in your backyard chasing a soccer ball around. Sorry about that. Uh, She is six years old. She's in kindergarten. She had some very important questions that I thought maybe you could answer because I didn't necessarily have the answer. Are you ready? These are questions from a six-year-old. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uncontrollable laughter from Kendall. Is his real name Willie? Speaking of Willie Adamas. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Good. Question number two. If we... Get to ten runs. Does the other team get to add a player? Oh, you want to talk <laughs> about MLB that's just, rules? That's a great idea. That's next level. That's just you know thinking ahead of everybody right there. <laughs> right. Uh, question number three is Lane, that you didn't answer the question. Well, it's a good point. <laughs> Twenty years ago, when they said, "Would they ever put a clock on the pitcher?" We were all laughing at it. it. So right. I'm not that's laugh true. At that, right. It's a very good point. Uh, number three is that Mr. Jeff's head. Uh, yes, he has the answer to that. Sitting next to Bob Buecher. <laughs> and question number four, Lane. Why is rolling a barrel fun? <laughs> she didn't get I, roll I, out I, the I, barrel, so <laughs> it was hard to explain to a six-year-old. <laughs> Well, <laughs> someday you'll understand that. I think it's probably <laughs> that's the best true. Way okay, fair enough. That that's, that, that right? was a yeah. good portion of my experience at the game yesterday. <laughs> well, then later while we're on this, well, she didn't ask anything about zing boom terrero. That's good. Nope, you know? nope. Terero is a word in her vocabulary. Those are some good words. We'll say, Elaine, along this line of questioning, I just wanted to know if you met Chewie on Star Wars night Saturday. I walked right by him, and then I realized it was Tim Dillard, so then I, I just kept walking. Cause I, I was oh, that's not Chewy. It's Tim Dillard. Okay, we're good. No, I did I did walk by the, the Chewy that was roaming the ballpark when I walked in Saturday. And, I mean, they take that really serious. I mean, he was the, you know, life size. So he was like eight foot tall. Lane, I got wildly excited, and I bolted away from the two friends I was with as soon as I saw Chewy. I was like, oh, my God, it's Chewy. I'll be right back. And I just bolted down the concourse. Perfect. And I just wanted a selfie. And so we stopped for the photo, and then I hear this, and I was like, you make the sound. So we have a video of him. But, yeah, I mean, just spreading joy as Chewy. I got on the elevator, and uh, the Darth Vader was getting ready to get on the elevator, too. But he, he, and I'm, this true story, I'm the only one on the elevator. He is with his handler that was with him. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, he had part of his mask on, but not the, you know how there's, like, a two, two layers to the Darth Vader mask? So the outer shell wasn't on, but I still couldn't see his face. And as he's starting to get on, he says, now what level are we going to? And they said, we're going to the loge level. He goes, are there going to be fans out there? And they said, yes. And he said, well, I can't get on that elevator until I'm completely suited up. And so 
at that point, we were like, well, we'll come back down and get you because, we, you know, we were ready to go up. But he was not even going to take a small chance that he didn't have that helmet completely <laughs> on before he went out on the ground. Oh, yeah. That's, that's serious. Big-time stuff now. Yeah, that's big-time. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. if Darth Vader's in full costume and he gets on the same elevator you're on, I think you got to get off. I don't think you stay on that elevator. <laughs> that's a good call. Right? It's like that somebody... becomes the Death Star. It, the right. elevator becomes the Death Star in that moment. Like what if, if the music started playing? Dun, dun, exactly. Dun, 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 dun. I was just thinking the breathing. Well, it's like if somebody wears a devil yeah, costume breathing. and they say going down, just get off that elevator. <laughs> yep. You want off. What's yeah. the next uh, fun the promotion? You, I was like, what's the next fun promotion that you're looking forward to, Lane, where fans really oh, get man. into it? I, I don't have it in front of me. Um... You know, I was so excited about the Uke Skywalker, and obviously that that is now come and gone. I haven't looked at what we have coming up, um, but I know we got a bunch of great stuff coming up. And oh, I, okay, look at Kent Sommerfeld coming to my rescue right here. He's got the wow. let's see. Kent's we a got Aloha Friday coming up. Oh, um, that's always kind of fun. Bring the your Patriotic ukulele jersey coming up. Yeah, um, those are the two big Memorial Day weekend. They got the Yelich Patriotic jersey. That's going to be cool. That's on. The 27th, yeah. that's Saturday. And uh, the Yelich Patriotic jersey will be very cool. Um, so I like that one. The Hawaiian shirt, you can never go wrong with that. i got a bunch of those in my closet, too. Hey, there's got to be a ukulele player, right? There was Uke Skywalker. How about a ukulele? I don't know what that would be. Oh, I love that. But a yep. ukulele. <laughs> love it. Why do we not have that? Yeah, the Aloha Day. <laughs> Some little guitar with the a Hawaiian uke head on it. That. <laughs> yeah. Lane Griddle's I with like us on WTMJ. Uh, Lane, I did want to ask you about Yelich. A lot of people are awfully excited because he looked awfully good in this series against the Royals. He's been outstanding. And really, it's not just the Royals series. I mean, the power was there in that series, and that's what jumps off the page at you. But he, he had a pretty good road trip. Uh, even though the Brewers only went 1-5 and five on that road trip, he had the home run in Colorado. He's, he was really swinging the bat pretty well in those two cities. And since May... Um, he's hitting 10 of 12 games. He's hitting 348. He's got four home runs and 12 driven in. He's now tied for the team lead in RBIs. He's one of the league leaders in runs scored. And he's playing the best defense, I think, of his career, at least his Brewers career right now. So it's been great to see he's really putting together a nice season right now, and hopefully he can keep it going here in St. Louis. What's the key to the series? What are you focused on the next couple of days there, Lane? Well, I think Jack Flaherty's had his struggles for St. Louis, and he's on the mound here tonight. He has 27 walks in just 39 and a third innings, and wow. he's had some games where he's walked six guys. And so if you can get some extra base runners on via the base on balls and get the big hit, you're going to be in good shape, I think, tonight, especially with the way Freddie's been pitching. He's got three consecutive quality starts. So if you get off to a good start here tonight and win game one of this series, you got a tough lefty in Jordan Montgomery tomorrow, but the Brewers made a, a roster move today that hopefully will help with that by signing Darren Ruff, who's he's historically been really good against lefties. He's got an 886 career OPS against left-handed pitching, so hopefully that will help against a guy that is one of the guys in this Cardinals rotation that, um, even though it's underperformed overall, he's he's a little scary at times. He can be very, very good. And then you get Wainwright on Wednesday. So um, it should be a really fun series. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it'd be really good to get out of here with a series win. Brewers broadcaster Lane Grindle. Always fun, Lane. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, everybody. We can help. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Well, welcome to the studio. A very special guest, my friend, 
Captain Dan Buttry is the president and CEO of the War Memorial Center. Captain Dan, thank you for being here. John, thank you so much. Thanks for bringing your beautiful wife. Of that's, course. That's why I was really excited for you to be here today. <laughs> um, when you think back, you and I were in Iraq together 20 years ago. I was embedded with a military unit that right you now. were one of the commanders in. Yeah. Right now. Right it was now. 20 years ago. Here's my first question as I was thinking about this. Does it feel to you like it was more than 20 years ago when we were there or it was less than 20 years ago that we were there? Less. Me too. Um, it's hard to believe, you know, 20 years. It's just, I don't know. It's a long time, you know, realistically. I call it that that year that was lost um, because by the time I got home, it's everything else. The world kept going on. Harley's 100th. I mean, you know, family and friends who were going to that, sending me pictures of, which, yeah. of course, you want to be back here for that. And this summer is going to be the 120th. So, you know, it's just, it's amazing how fast time flies. And and that's one where, um, <clears throat> yeah, you kind of try to reflect and say, am I being positive? Am I, am I having an impact with what I learned and was exposed to over there to today? And, and realizing if you, in your mind want to accomplish something, don't hesitate because time is going to pass. And now is time. Seize the moment because uh, otherwise you're going to turn around and it's going to be another 20 years from now. So don't don't hesitate to do something positive that you want to do. Yeah. And just to set the stage a little bit, because I don't know if everyone knows, as I've been getting to know John since I started here in December, we were chatting and talking about things, and he's like, you know, when I was in Iraq, I'm like, wow, that's an amazing experience. Tell me a little more. And he was like, well, gosh, it was 20 years ago. I'm like, that's a heck of an anniversary. How do you wind up getting embedded? So what is that process? Because you were the journalist from Wisconsin Chosen. You're right, the broadcast journalist. So it was a long wow. process. Every st- every TV and radio station wanted to be the one chosen, and I applied through the Pentagon, and I had really good relationships with our U.S. senators. So they played a role at the end of the day, and then the Pentagon chose one TV reporter to go. And so that's how the journey started. And then I hooked up with you guys, a photographer and I, mm-hmm. in uh, at Lacrosse when you guys were finishing up your training, getting ready to go to Kuwait. Yes. And we all went to Kuwait together. You didn't like me, I felt like, very much at the beginning. And it wasn't personal, but I was a journalist, and you basically had to hold my hand and make sure I didn't do anything really stupid or get killed and that I followed the rules. And here you were a serious military guy going off. God. Oh, God, really? I got to go. I got to make sure that guy doesn't do anything stupid. Is this true, Dan? Be honest. Well, let me let me clarify something. Um, we were a combat unit. Right. I was a line combat unit, which means the trigger pullers and I'm their CO. 124 soldiers. So we have a very clear mission. As combat engineers, we have to go in. We ended up clearing roadsides and handling unexploded munitions and working alongside special forces as, as their force protection. We had a very real job. Um, public affairs officers are normally up at the battalion or the brigade level, and they're tied to the S-1 shop, which is a personnel command. They literally have someone on staff who is a public affairs officer and that's their job but because my battalion commander colonel mike mark mishy retired general now he's like buttry you're from milwaukee you have a marketing company come on you got john and so i was like (laughs) what i have to do both worlds you know so that's more of the issue it ended up being i thought really positive and i think i also shared with you mike 
let's go. I mean, I'm going to keep doing my job. Right. You just just run with me. That's right. Um, Hang with me. You were less of the issue than your camera guy. Right. He didn't want to drink the warm water. It was like 130 degrees hot, and the water was warm, and he was an idiot and didn't drink the water and twice had to get medical help because he was dehydrated. Yep. Almost had to be evac'd. Yeah, you were about about to – you were not messing around. You said, I'm going to kick you and him out of here. I can't be wasting time and energy because this guy doesn't want to drink the warm water. Right. I got to tell you, so it worked both ways because when I applied to get embedded, we didn't know with what unit. And so then I found out that I was going to get embedded in a reserve unit and being naive and uneducated – I thought, oh, great. I'm going with a guy who runs a marketing company, and the guy in charge runs a garage door company. I'm going into a war zone with these guys that are kind of soldiers, and I quickly learned otherwise. But I also was like, and this guy's a cable installer. This is, yeah. And it was the first time in many, 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 many years that reserve units had been mobilized, right? Well, they didn't, they didn't go into Vietnam. Um, Korea. I mean, there have been mobilizations throughout, you know, but not into a combat zone. Well, right. Yeah, this was really the. We were the largest Wisconsin unit to deploy since World War II. Wow! To put that into perspective, as a whole unit, as an entity, In 50 see the years. reserves. The reserves will send you onesies, twosies, right? They'll say, "Hey, we need your MOS, your military occupational specialty. You have this specialty here. We need you to backfill over here." Yep. And so, but you know, it's guard. So the guard reserve units will send as whole units. Um, and so, and to go back twenty years. Fifty percent of the troops on the ground as part of Operation Iraqi Freedom One, which is that first year on the ground, fifty percent of that force density was made up of guard and reserve. That's amazing. Which is another first time, by the way, too, because it tends to be a smaller percentage, twenty, thirty percent of a total force density. So um and we were a combat unit. Yeah, frontline combat but unit. But what helped was because we were an engineer unit. All these guys, and we were all male unit because they hadn't yet yep. embedded. Uh, we had women in the battalion level, but in the line unit, it was all male, except mm-hmm. for the medics, which is awesome, an awesome statement to be made because they were going with us into the field right alongside with us. And so that's another important piece I want to make sure that folks understand. It's not just, you know, a, a male, a female. It's, it's, we were there together. Um, <clears throat> but in my unit directly, I didn't have any women specifically in C Company, Chainsaw Company is what yeah. it was called. And uh, they were general contractors, plumbers, you know, electricians, and that actually helped us enormously because we ended up being able to do all these missions across Iraq that even the active duty couldn't do because they didn't have enough of their trained electricians. We were, rebu- we were rebuilding that country at that point. So all of a sudden we were able to start to pick up all these missions that the brigade commander – the chief engineer in the entire theater was going, where are these guys from? And they were using those civilian skills, but they were also using their military capabilities as well. It was outstanding. Captain Dan Buttry is with us on WTMJ. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the hat you wear now is president and CEO of the War Memorial. And there's some very important news that I want to discuss with you regarding the great work happening at the War Memorial. We'll do that after Debbie helps get you home on WTMJ. We're joined live in the studio by my friend, Captain Dan Buttry, the president and CEO of the War Memorial Center here in Milwaukee, and one of the commanders in the unit that I was in embedded in Iraq 20 years ago. Hard to believe it's been 20 years. What an incredible honor for you to be chosen as the journalist from Wisconsin. Yeah, it was pretty cool. To do this reporting. I mean, that's that's a milestone. And yeah. amazing that you built a relationship with the military man who was your, oh, would you call it a babysitter, Dan? Well, I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> Minder. There no, we, we, we were. I, I make light. We were partnering. In, I would say I make mission. light. I mean, you were in yes. some very serious situations. When you yeah. get back together like this, what is the one of the most intense situations you remember that you experienced with John in Iraq? Well, there was a point where we were convoying up um, long, long day and hours, and it was dark, and we were going around Baghdad, and there was a point where. Um, I don't remember if this is before or after the incident, John, but um, I'm driving, the battalion commander's riding with me, yep. and John and the camera guy are in, in my Humvee. So literally, they've put the, all the assets like in my Humvee, and I still remember the um, shots were being taken and yep. bouncing off the road in front of us, and yep. and I remember kind of pacing it and joking. I looked to the to the colonel, I said, are those bottle rockets? You know, just trying to make light <laughs> of what we, what we had. And by the way, we're in soft shell. We're not in armored vehicles. Yep. Well, then we came up on vehicles that had been hit, and so our assets all went around this vehicle. They couldn't. They couldn't move it out. So what you do is you take the sensitive items, which are things like radios and whatever, and then you you torch the vehicles because you got to move. You're in an ambush ambush zone, and the and the camera guy came around. He was about to try to capture live footage, and I shut that down fairly quickly. Yeah, because. What you would have done is he would have come around, turn the. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I do. He would he would have put the camera the on. Yep. And I, I whispered in his ear, and I said, "I know. I think I know what the cost of this is. I will shatter this if you turn that on." Yep. And then I escorted both he and John back around the the Humvee and and moved them by the wheel well because again we're exposed. We don't know where that sh- those that shots coming from. That's when I realized it was a war. <laughs> like we weren't just playing. Correct. You run on a set on TV. someplace, just doing whatever. Yeah. yeah, but you know that gets to what you were talking about earlier. There was a confliction of what we both wanted to do. Yeah, because you had a job to do, which was to s- to successfully carry out your mission. Our mission was to capture that. So I remember he was, but it was a learning experience. He didn't know, didn't realize, right? And you, right. But that was intense. That night in Baghdad was. I remember yeah. that night like it was yesterday. There's a song there that one night in Baghdad. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I like John, the this there. sounds like a silly question, but did you fear for your life at times during that um, embedding? I was scared sometimes, not like imminent, like I could die right here, but I was scared. That was one of the times I was. But you could have. Yeah, we were in some. I remember situations. another time we went up into a tower to look out on an airfield, so that we could get a vantage point of MIGs and other assets that were on the airfield. We were up in the airfield. And suddenly, guards down at the bottom of the towers escort. They said, "You got to get down. You got to get down. We think there's a sniper out there, mm-hmm. and you're a target. He'll take a shot at you up in that tower." And then that was another moment where it was like, "You were below. You were at Anaconda when that happened." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, I love the reminiscing, but I got to ask you about something very important. That's funding for the War Memorial Center. Um, it's getting to be kind of a dire situation. How are you guys funded, and how's the situation looking right now? Well, you know, sixty-six years. Um, I don't think most people understand we're a private nonprofit. We always have been a private nonprofit. The county owns the building. So it's a private public partnership. So we raise, and currently we raise 80%, um, through events, through rentals, parking. You know, we have tenants, uh, but also fundraising and grant writing. So, um, the county has generously been supporting us. A plan was put in place in 2017 to defund it, meaning because of the pending financial crisis that they had. And so um, they brought me in to ramp up a lot of initiatives and programs, uh, which we are, but we still have some headwinds coming in, coming in on COVID. Um, we need a little runway um, to kind of keep keep this going. But you know, we've we've brought in a lot of new initiatives and programs, and it's it's private. 
private funding. Okay, so right now we know there's a crisis with funding at the yep. city level and at the county level. The county level gives you some money now. If the sales tax is allowed to go through and say a year or 18 months from now, that becomes a reality. Will that help increase the likelihood they will continue to help fund you? Yes. I mean, to what level of detail and et cetera. Um, the goal is eventually probably to no longer fund the War Memorial. But eventually. We eventually. Need more runway to Right. Well, there. we got an email or note you know, a couple of weeks back that said it, it's going to, it was going to expire in 2033. It may now be 2027. Well, you can imagine oh my, my reaction gosh. to that. Yeah. Right. Cause that's four years out. It's one of the great assets <clears throat> in our community. If you want to weigh in on this, you should reach out to the County executive's office, give them your feedback. They're taking feedback right now on budget and financial issues. So I'll let them know how important the war Memorial center is to us here in our city. Captain Dan Buttry. It's always good to see you. Really, Probably it's even really better to see you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Hey, Thank good you to for have your you here. Happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary, sir. <laughs> it's 456 at WTMJ.